The Hard Shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan on News Talk. But I mentioned Simon Tierney, and Simon is with me here in studio to talk about ice cream. A favourite amongst people when the sun is shining, a favourite amongst others, including myself, at all times of the year. I would have a a magnum in January. Well, you see, I'll be very suspicious of people like you. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah. Like, I'd be the type of person that would only eat a cream egg in certain months of the year. I'd never eat a cream egg now. But would Just you no eat? interest. Really? Oh, God. Waste but, like, time. Why, why would you eat an ice cream when it's freezing cold outside? You're just uh, going to make yourself colder. It's you need refreshing. To drink a cup of tea. No, no, no. It's refreshing. It is refreshing. It's like drinking a. a you'd have a cold drink in the winter, wouldn't you? You wouldn't. You don't order your ale at room temperature, do you? Like some sort of <laughs> Englishman. Like, like some sort of crazed I'll Englishman. I'll have a speckled hen at room temperature, please. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, no I, that's fair enough. That I, I fair would enough. have ice cream uh, all year round. Have you a favourite ice cream? Yeah, so. Well, uh, ice cream, I mean, I do love a Carnetto, which we'll get to in a second because it has such a storied history. But in terms of ice pops, like growing up in North Tipperary in the late 80s and 90s, Mr. Freeze was always the one for me. yes, 10p. Because it was so cheap. It was always the cheapest ice pop you could buy. Interestingly, the I don't know when they arrived in Ireland, but they were invented in the 70s in Canada. And they're actually a brilliant economic model because they're the only ice pop that is transported at room temperature. So they're transported oh, as yes. sugared water. And then when they arrive in the shop, they're put in the freezer and they freeze there. Because I remember being in Thurless one afternoon and it was in the middle of a heat wave like this. And I said, do you have any Mr. Freezes? And she said, they're not frozen yet. They're still liquid. <laughs> yeah, but you'd have some lunatics who would buy them like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And they'd rip off top and they'd just drink it. Yeah, and but it, there, was it, a, there was a myth at the time that if you, if you ate it when it wasn't frozen, <laughs> that it was poisonous or something like that. You know? That's that that that, that rumour didn't cross the border in Dickie Kenny, obviously. I knew people who used to intentionally buy them unfrozen. I couldn't understand it. Can you still get them in Mr. Freeze? I'm not sure. I haven't actually. seen them. My kids certainly have never had them. You never uh, see them around anymore. Not the same brand. Uh, anyway, so they, they were around. They were huge, obviously, in the 80s and 90s. Invented in Canada in the 70s. I mean, how far back do we have to go before one of our ancestors looks at us kind of with a confused yeah. uh, um, uh, face when we talk about buying an ice cream in a shop. Yeah, well, certainly in the 1940s and 1950s, if you said in Ireland that you wanted an ice cream, an ice cream, as, as opposed to a tub of ice cream, people would have looked at you aghast because it was advertised as and called cream ices. Oh, right. Yeah, so it was a complete inversion that we use now. Uh, ice cream. They were so chalk ices, things like that. They were advertised as cream ices, um, but that that history is very much tied into Rathfarnham uh, here in South Dublin, uh, Kieran, because that, of course, is where the Hughes brothers, three brothers, set up Hazelbrook Farm in 1926. So that was a real place. That was a real place, um, and it was. Uh, it's. Uh, it was bought, I suppose, by Unilever in the 1970s. It's confusing because when you go abroad, or at least to the UK, and you see Walls ice cream and it has mm. the same logo as HB, it's because Unilever basically bought up all those companies. So they okay. used the same logo for all the companies. But we still call it, still says HB, but that was a real farm. It was Hazelbrook Farm. And um, it was very, very successful. Now, the Irish press, I found a great quote in the Irish press. In the newspaper archive earlier, they said 
that in 1934, actually, July 1934, they said the Irish Free State now consumes more ice, more cream ices than any other country in Europe. So by the 1930s, we were big on cream ices or ice creams. But did they come on a stick or not? Oh, Oh, so how did they come if not on a stick? They didn't come on a stick until the 1940s. And the reason I discovered this is because I found another ad uh, for the very controversial Golly Bar, which I was tweeting about earlier. Now, lis- listeners of a certain vintage, uh, listeners to your show, Kieran, will remember the Golly Bar, as I'm sure you do. It was discontinued, or not discontinued, but the name was changed to Giant Bar, I think. But obviously, because it was using this horrendously um, derogatory term. Where did, they, where did they come up with that? It, I I have struggled to understand this because what You know, was... I know they said the lion, the minstrels because that was, uh, uh, you know, that was a, a nod to kind of the minstrel performers. Sure. Which are as problematic but I mean sure. there's, a, there's a rationale But you can see the, the rationale, well, yeah. To, to them being used as a marketing tool. Why, why did they look at this block of white ice cream on a stick and think, let's call it yeah. a golly bar? Yeah, it's just bizarre. I do not, I can't find any reason for it. If anyone who's listening, wanton racism, whose grandfather you know? came up with the yeah. golly bar, please text us. <laughs> There's not enough wanton racism in the cream ice industry. Let's call it a golly bar. But when they started marketing it, it's interesting because apart from that controversy, which is interesting itself, but they said that it comes on a stick, which makes it more hygienic. So there was this, they actually promoted it and publicised it on the back of the fact that you didn't have to touch the ice cream when you were eating it because it had this wooden stick going up the middle of it. So so until then, people were not, they were, they were holding the wrapper that their cream ice came in, I Exactly, guess. much like you would eat an ice burger no, today. that is not how I'd eat an ice burger. How would you yeah, eat I an ice burger? you into that now, Simon. <laughs> Uh, you take off the wrapper completely and you hold the iceberg ah, like with your hands like a wafer and then uh, some of the biscuit kind of gets stuck to your hands whatever yeah. uh, lovely ingredients are included and then you so just get that you're sat there in the middle of January in your car eating your you get frozen to su- iceberg suck it off your fingers afterwards <laughs> that's what that's how that's how you eat an iceberger um so that's when the golly bar arrives with a stick uh, in, the in 50s, it in the 1950s. 1955, uh, probably one of the most racist decades on record. <laughs> yeah. So a good time to release the golly bar. The Wibbly Wobbly Wonder was a favourite of mine now as a kid growing up. I was a, a big fan. That has an interesting backstory as well, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. The Wibbly Wobbly Wonder is, uh, it's a gorgeous, I, I'm with you there because it's kind of half ice pop, half ice cream. Mm. Uh, strawberry and banana ice cream, if I remember. And then it has the jelly. Now, again, this was an economist's dream because there was someone in the accounts department of HB in the early 1970s who thought, is there a way that we can have the same size ice cream, but with less cream in it? Because cream is obviously the most expensive ingredient in this product. So they thought, okay, well, we can still call it an ice cream, but we'll put the bottom half or the top half, I can't remember which, as just jelly. And jelly is sugared water with a bit of gelatine in it. Very, very cheap to make. So you're actually having the amount of cream that you need in each product. Okay, so that's why they did it. That's why it they did it. It was just a cost-saving measure. It was a cost-saving measure, yeah. And it's called Wibbly Wobbly Wonder because it wibbly wobblies when you shake it around the place. And can you still buy it? Are there still Wibbly Wobbly Wonders available? No, you can't. I, I've tried... I 
I haven't found a wibbly wobbly wonder unless someone has one at the bottom of their freezer from the late 90s uh, let us know oh right courier it into <laughs> news talk if you do have a wibbly wobbly wonder even better if you have two of them um what about, I mean, there's been lots of discontinued ice cream. So we mentioned the Golly Bar, although maybe it's still around as a big block of uh, ice cream. I'm not so sure. The Wibbly Wobbly Wonder is gone. Do you remember, and this is real indulgence now and engaging in, uh, and I hope people at home might be able to answer this in 5306. There was, uh, before the Solero, there was a kind of a short-lived attempt at a kind of a sorbet-ish ice cream and it had three fruit flavours and they were the shapes of fruit so there was like the shape of a lemon on the stick then the shape of a strawberry and there was maybe one uh, other fruit. was it a boom or a boon uh, oh, I can't something? remember that but was it three fruits in one ice pop yeah on one separate? ice pop so there was one thing like a kebab it was like a shish kebab ah, but okay. uh, kind of a sorbet and nobody outside here in News Talk Towers was able to remember the name of it and I'm hoping somebody at home Will be able to. It did not yeah. last long. It's a brilliant marketing idea. An ice pop kebab. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Um, the Cornetto. Let's talk about the Cornetto. Just one Cornetto. Give it to me. Delicious ice cream. Oh, Italy. For the longest time, I thought that was Pavarotti who used to sing. So did I for the ad. Yeah, <laughs> you know, it's only years later I realised <laughs> Pavarotti was famous for other things <laughs> yeah. apart from an ice cream. Yeah. <laughs> well, he had this whole God. other career. God, Fair God. play to him. Yes, he was. He was, good, he was good at singing those other songs too. That Pavarotti wasn't he? <laughs> um, Cornettos. I mean, they they are still going strong. Still yeah. absolutely delicious. But Kieran, would you be a strawberry or a chocolate man? A uh, chocolate. Yeah, yeah, every day. Every Sometimes day. a mint. I'm feeling a little exotic. Oh Lord, that's like that's like brushing your teeth with a cornetto. Yeah, see, I don't get that. People don't like mint ice cream. Mint feast as well. I used to be a fan of before they started shortchanging us with the chocolate in the center of the feast, yes. which is minuscule now. Yes, minuscule yeah. compared to what it once was. Um, the cornettos as well. When did they arrive on the yeah, scene? Yeah, so they arrived um, in the 1970s as well. Kieran, uh, much more recently than I thought, but they had actually been invented in Naples in 1959. So the ad is obviously this kind of stereotypical Italian tenor singing, but it is genuinely an Italian idea, a Nepalese idea. And it was this genius, he realised that with the Cornetto, he could invent the world's first pre-packaged uh, ice cream cone but because before that you would have to get it fresh from an ice cream van or vendor oh that's the concept well okay. yeah but think about it right if you get a 99 if you leave a 99 for 10 or 15 minutes lying down on a, uh, in the sun it'll seep through it'll soak through it the wafer becomes soggy so the challenge was from a manufacturing perspective was how do you prevent the moisture from the ice cream going into the cone? Mm. So they coated the inside of the cone with a, a kind of an oily slick and then coated that with chocolate. And then for fed it to us. <laughs> extra layer of protection. And then you put the ice cream in. So there's a barrier it's like between... A tri- it's like a triple lock. <laughs> <laughs> the uh, the old triple lock effect. Um, so, uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> so, the ice cream wasn't able to go through to the cone. And you were able to put it in a package and ship it all across Europe. The Cornetto, I reckon, is probably one of the most successful ice creams in history. Because you go anywhere in Europe, 
you can find a Cornetto under different names and under different brands. It's an incredibly successful ice cream. So we've been enjoying them here since 76. All right. We have to give a a, a very quick mention to the favourite of dads everywhere, the chalk ice. Ah, The humble chalk ice. It's simple. But it's good. Yeah, my parents love a chalk ice. Yeah, it's, it's true. It's parents. Maybe of a certain generation. We're both dads and neither of us pick chalk ice yeah. as our favourite one. But I associate chalk ices with dads everywhere. But there's a per- there's a certain generation that if you say, do you want an ice cream? And they kind of get a bit befuddled and they don't know what to choose. I, 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 I just get a chalk ice. <laughs> just it's kind of the ice, default yeah. option, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, maybe a super split if they're feeling a bit, yes. if they're feeling a bit risque. Anyway. So the chalk ice, 1940s. Long history as well. Long history. Doesn't look like it's going anywhere I'm waiting for someone to get in touch on 5306 and tell me the name of that uh, HB ice cream where it was like a kebab like a shish kebab but it had uh, three different uh, sorbet fruit flavours in the shapes of fruit it was in kind of a blue wrapper didn't last very long a uh, boom boom something like that kind of in my head anyway like I said this is pure indulgence could have now. been a dream could have been a dream Simon Tierney thank you very much uh, for that that potted history uh, of ice cream that was great fun stay with us here on the hard shoulder lots still to come we're going to be talking about minimum unit pricing amongst other things the hard shoulder with Kieran Cuddy with Nissan weekdays from 4 on News Talk.